Hi guys, hi everyone, welcome to another Reality Check Leadership Podcast. This is another show. Today we're going to be talking about video and I have two amazing guests that I'll have joining me right now. Yuri, directly from Singapore, and Nick. Hi Nick, how are you guys? Hi guys, good, yeah, I'm welcome. good. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> I, did, I, did, I, did, uh, I did explain before we started that the, um, the entire family is going through some sort of uh, illness, so I'm not quite firing on all cylinders, so please <laughs> bear with me if I just suddenly collapse while we're midstream. <laughs> We, we can have yeah. a safe word and you can just yeah, shout just out the safe word. And <laughs> me and Yuri will take it onwards, but I hope it all turns out all right. Great. Thanks for having uh, for having accepted the invitation once again. Uh, Yuri, you're in Singapore and Nick, you're in the UK somewhere, is it? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in a little place, a little seaside town called Eastbourne, which is down near Brighton on the south coast. We're right down as far down south as you can get, really. You can throw you can throw a stone from my door's uh, bedroom window to the sea with that, with that close. So. Cool. <laughs> Great. All right, guys. Uh, thanks once again for joining. Let's start with... Um, uh, I always start this uh, conversation with, um, with a cool game. It's a simple game where I got, I'm going to share with you a sentence and I'm going to ask you to tell a story about you based on that sentence. Sentence. The, 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 the game is called More Than One Story. I use it quite often in, in, my, in my teams and in my work. Let me share my screen with you so that you guys can see it. Where is this here? It's a share screen. There you are. Okay, cool. So maybe, Yuri, let's start with you. So, new question. Let's go. Yuri, tell us some moments which you would like to live again. Hmm? Ooh, okay. That is it. Uh, yeah, let's start light with these kind of questions. So uh, years ago, <laughs> so I lived in China. I'll get right into it. So I lived in China for years, for about 15 years. I'm in Singapore now. I'm not Singaporean, clearly. Right. Uh, but I lived in China. I played in a band called Rage Against the Karaoke Machine, which was the hottest band in Beijing from 2003, 2007. At one point, really? we were invited to play to play in a bar in the south of China in a small city. When I say small, I mean a million people. Yeah, it's China. Right. And uh, we thought it was going to be a bar with about 100 people. It turned out to be a stadium with uh, 28,000 people inside, 1,500 police officers, another 30,000 fans. Who all thought we were somebody because we were not Chinese. We were nobodies, but they were like, oh, my God. And it was like the weirdest experience ever. And if I could go back to that moment... That'd be fun. I'd say a couple of things a bit differently because I was a bit nervous, but mm -hmm. I think that was a fun moment. What what do you play on that band? I played, I was singer guitarist. So I okay. my, my dad always told me, like, if if you're gonna make an idiot out of yourself, you might as well go all the way. And I remember at one point standing there going, like, I'm I'm on, I'm on a stage, I'm in a stadium. And I just pulled out my best Freddie Mercury, like, you know, hello, Lujo. <laughs> <laughs> you might as well go for it then, right? I mean, nervous as right. I was, it was fun. How was how was the the Chinese crowd? They were just crazy. They were awesome. You guys they were, were I, I, I speak I, sp I speak fluent Mandarin. That helps, you do? so I can speak to everybody. Cool. Yeah, I'm I'm an, in, I'm an interpreter translator Mandarin officially, but that's a different story. Over to you, Nick. <laughs> cool. Nice Nick, way. Not... You, you put me in shame because I only speak one language and I speak that pretty terribly. So. <laughs> you're doing so, Nick, you're doing really well so far. Let me let me share what's going to be your your story, Nick. Let's see where we okay. are. Play. <laughs> Let's go. Tell about something, someone you admire and why. Mm. Oh, good question. Uh, I would say uh, I, I seem to get fixated on business leaders and, and, it, and it's probably quite sort of 
trite and, and a bit obvious, but uh, I would probably say Steve Jobs, uh, who's sadly okay. passed away uh, now, just just because of the influence that he's had on so many different um, creative industries. I mean, the man was a Goliath. Uh, I mean, you can say what you want about him from a you know humanitarian perspective. He wasn't particularly a nice person, I think, when he was younger, but but he um, he was aware of that and he evolved and, and became a, an amazing leader. There's not many people that that can do what he did uh, from a business standpoint, you know, build up one company and then lose it all and come back and just absolutely trounce the, the second act of it. So yeah, probably, probably Mr. Jobs. Cool. And what about in a, in a more personal life, uh, personal way? Um, I've, I've had, yeah, I've had lots of uh, mentors. I'd probably say um, recently a friend of mine called, uh, he, he was my um, weight loss coach and mentor, mm -hmm. but he's, he's now a really good friend. And that's a, a guy I know called Daniel M. Uh, Stephen, who's on uh, LinkedIn. And he kind of got me into um, meditation and gratitude practice. And he, uh, yeah, he, he literally changed my life. He's just a, a really sound, cool human being. Really nice dude. Cool. Great. Great story, guys. Thanks for sharing. Let's uh, uh, dive a little bit uh, on your on your story, on your, you know, mostly uh, I'm interested in understanding how did you get uh, to where you are today in terms of business and professional life. So maybe Nick, starting with you, uh, I can I can share with, with with our audience that I've seen really cool videos from you. Um, how how did, did that start? It's what what has been your journey so far? <laughs> um no not not an easy one uh really? okay. I, I um I, I started off uh i think like most people do i went to university and and studied film and media um mm -hmm. came out of there uh knowing that i wanted to to move into the the film industry kept kind of hammering away at it for years did the obvious stuff became a runner um my my first actual job i got uh, started in was um doing uh, safety videos for construction sites so I, I ended up working as an editor and videographer for a company that did that basically um, and then I moved from that into freelancing uh, went from there into a, um, a full-time position at an agency um, and ended up managing the, the video department there for, for seven years and then left there and then set up my my own company um, and then yeah we, we basically when we started out we were a white label supplier for um other agencies mm -hmm. um, and i got to a point where i was like i don't really want to do this anymore i don't i don't want to be someone am i allowed to swear can i do a little yeah, bit swear? Go ahead. yeah yeah i don't i don't want to be someone else's bitch so i was like okay i'm fed up with, with working for agencies where we're the middleman and we're dealing with an end client and the and the um you know, the agency doesn't really know what they want and we're doing all the all the legwork so i was like i want to go out and, and find uh, companies like these that we can target so i was like okay how do we do this um and then i discovered linkedin and uh, yeah the rest is is history as they say <laughs> so from, from safety videos to your own i can yeah. imagine the, the adrenaline of doing those safety videos <laughs> they, they, they helped me they helped me cut my uh, my teeth and i learned a lot about the uh, the real world of business from from doing that in terms of kind of client expectations and, and budgets and that every every single phase of my life i, I seen it as a learning experience uh, before then as well in between um in between uh, university and securing that first job i actually worked as a, a mental health nurse for a, a few years and even that i see now the learning experience i got from that in terms of uh, uh, from it from a sales perspective because a lot of what you're doing as a nurse is listening is actively listening and um, mm -hmm. so i took I've, I've taken those elements from that and, and i can apply it to sales so, yeah everything everything's learning 
Cool. Thanks. Thanks for sharing, Nick. <laughs> uh, Yuri, now to you. What What is your story, right? Because you were not born in Singapore, like you said, and you were not born in China also. So tell us a bit about I never about did you. construction videos. I did work no? in construction for a while as a student. Uh, so no, I'm, I'm full-time Dutch. I'm from the Netherlands, not from Holland. I'm from a different part of the Netherlands. There's a difference. I'll tell you. It's a whole other story. Um, I come from Netherlands. I come from an entrepreneurial family. My, which mm-hmm. in that day, in those days, that wasn't a um, it wasn't a common word. My parents were just self-employed. My mom's a hairdresser. My my dad had a import-export business, but they did their own thing. Which in hindsight, like, oh, they were entrepreneurs, but it wasn't a cool thing in the seventies yet, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I come from that kind of home where we learned the madness and measure of things, as in, you know, make your own, make your own, you know, build your own path. You don't have to follow the crowd. You can if you want, but just do your own thing. Um, and I got kicked out of two schools, so I didn't like school that much because I was going to be a rock star. Remember, Rage Against the Karaoke Machine. Uh, and my my mother did, was the did, sweetest. Did you guys person. played Rage Against the Machine songs or not really? I, I, we did play one of their songs. Okay. It's it just a, a German friend of mine. If you're watching, Michael, thank you for that name. A German friend of ours came up with it. Raise Against Karaoke Machine with T-shirts and all. Um, but my mom was the sweetest person. And I remember one day going, I think school is stupid. I don't want to go to school. And my mom basically said, look, look, I know you want to be a rock star. That, and that's, that's great, sweetheart. But just in case, you know, just in case you two don't call you or Green Day don't pick up the phone and give you that <laughs> ring, why don't you get a degree anyway? And I did. So I, I was like, I'm going to study something that's different because I don't want to fit the mold. So I studied Mandarin for international business and trade. This is before China joined the World Trade Organization. I had no competition. Moved to China in the 90s. Was a DJ in a bar, played pool, met girls, kind of stuck around for so many years until I had to get a job. <laughs> and I started working in a company that that basically did... Um, Facilitation and trading, those kind of cheesy workshops for companies around communication mm-hmm. and trust and team buildings. And that's how I started. We did like outdoor sports. I was the guy that would take people spelunking and rafting and try to make sense out of it. Like, so what if we learned about a team today, right? Building these rafts, like complete nonsense, but I'm sure people had a good time. Um, but I learned about facilitation. So then years later, I joined an, an innovation agency because that was kind of the only job I could do. I'm naturally somebody to go against the grain and not really listen. So innovation is the world. And I joined an agency because Nick just mentioned agencies. I joined an agency, which was, they were quirky. They were in London and Sydney and Shanghai. And I, I moved to the Shanghai office because I could do the innovation work. Remember mom and dad, madness and measure at both of those sides. And I could do that in Mandarin. So I lived in China 15 years and I kind of, I work on innovation. That's why right now my business is all about helping right. companies break, break the mold and come up with new stuff. Cool. It's a great story. You ended up in Singapore, at, at least for now. So from China, yeah. you went to Singapore. Eight years ago. Any specific reason you did the move? Pollution in China. <laughs> Unfortunately, it was pollution it's, in China. It's a, because it's a reason. It is a reason because I was, so I was there for 15 years. And the reason why a lot of people struggle in China, I didn't really have the reason because I think once you speak a language well, as in I, I can speak and I can call friends and they probably don't hear that I'm not Chinese. A lot of the problems then disappear because mm. you don't fit the mold of a tourist anymore. You're clearly not Chinese, but you, you, they don't know where to put you. So I didn't have any of those challenges with, you know, don't you, don't you, don't you find it weird eating with chopsticks? Don't you find the food weird? Like, no, I'm, I'm half localized. But right. the pollution just got to me. Shanghai got more and more expensive. 
more and more cars, the price of development. And I went, I want to go somewhere else where, you know, I don't see smog out of my window, you know, at least two weeks a month. And Singapore is the opposite of that. Singapore is super clean and organized and, you know, very strict. But, you know, it's, it's sunshine every day. Right. Cool. Thank you guys for, for having shared that. Nick, going to you in, in case you, you, you can, because I can see you coughing a little bit. Hope, hope you're okay. Can, can you tell us about the story, you know, uh, of something, you know, hard that you had to endure in your work um, that would make you think, no, this is not for me, this entrepreneur thing, this business is not for me. And how did you over, how did you tackle that? Um, yeah, I think that the hardest thing um, that I discovered when you uh, when you start to run a, a business is that um, nobody cares about who you are and, and nobody's <laughs> interested in your, your products. And so for me, um, when we started, like I said, we were a kind of a, a, a white label supplier for other agencies. Uh, and we kind of we kind of survived off of the back of that and I got to a point where I was like well, I, I don't want to do that anymore I want to be you know I want to kind of carve our own path I don't want to be beholden to someone else for, for where our work comes from um, and the hardest part was was doing that was kind of taking that step into to okay well how do we generate leads how, how do we you know how do we drive our own marketing to sort of drive conversations and all these things I've I've learned them kind of fairly recently you know around marketing around sales um, and it's been yeah it, it's been eye-opening how how quickly um you need to learn them and how how as well you kind of you build out all these kind of systems and processes and, and they don't quite work and then I guess the kind of best analogy I can describe is it's, it's a bit like a clock. You kind of put all the little bits together and then suddenly something somewhere, you get it just right and it all meshes together and it all works and, and the clock starts working. Um, and that's that's probably only happened over the past kind of six months or so. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was that really kind of getting in front of people and letting people know who we were. And that's why when uh, I discovered LinkedIn, I discovered how powerful it was from a, a kind of lead gen perspective. I think after about kind of three or four months of being on there, I had that kind of, I think a lot of people probably get it, that kind of epiphany moment of like, oh, wow, like, you know, a bit like kind of Neo in the Matrix where you can see the code. I was like, mm -hmm. this thing's amazing once you kind of figure out how it works. So I was like, um, I'm one of those people that um, I kind of go all in on stuff. So um, when I figured out how it works, like I think I, I started sort of tinkering around in there and for, for about kind of three months, I basically didn't shave, didn't sleep, didn't wash. <laughs> I was just like, right, I'm gonna really go all in on this thing. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it's working. So that for me was the hardest thing about to do in the business is mm -hmm. kind of take that, take that leap from kind of, you know, being, being um, beholden to to a certain uh, stream of revenue for the business to to finally kind of taking that massive leap to saying okay well, we're gonna this is the, the path we're gonna kind of carve out and yeah that was that was hard <laughs> i can imagine what does it mean you know all in you know those three months that means that you were you know reaching out to people that you were producing content that you were posting what does that mean I didn't know just 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 really kind of figuring out like i i have to i'm one of those okay. people that kind of i like to kind of reverse engineer stuff so so kind mm -hmm. of get inside the guts of it and just kind of pick this thing apart until i figure out exactly how it works um, and it was just kind of like analyzing other people's content like why is this working why is that not working okay. and just really really over analyzing stuff and then and then sort of getting into a rhythm of of figuring out the kinds of content that work and then starting to produce that those kind of contents and testing and reiterating and just yeah just just really testing the crap out of stuff 
Cool. Yuri, and, and on your end, you also jumped into LinkedIn, although I, I think you also have a YouTube channel, right? Or you put a lot of your content out. Is, yep. is LinkedIn your, your platform, your inbound lead generation platform at the moment or not really? Not at all. So it's, it's interesting what you say, Nick, because I'm, I'm exactly the opposite. I just kind of jump in and kind of go, all right, let's, uh, let's see what happens rather than you, like you say, unpacking things, which I admire. Now, fortunately, I'm surrounded by a couple of people who are a bit more like Nick, okay. right? who, who do indeed take the time to go deep and to learn those things. And they're very glad to share that with me because I have that maybe somewhere else. We kind of do a bit of an exchange. I think that's fair. But no, it's it's not really a lead generation per se. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a way to... Um, so I don't really do sales on LinkedIn per se, but it, it does help getting my content and my ideas out there. Uh, and I think over so many years, at least I'm known for something which is, by the way, it's the same as when I was when I was six. So it's not like I created some weird persona. It's the same, but it's a consistent message that's been going over and over to people. Right. And that's, and that's slowly coming back. It's not just LinkedIn. That's YouTube. That's other things. That's just showing up. That's being clear in what you do. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's slowly, slowly coming back and it's getting clearer. Even though my business is changing a bit, I'm changing direction a little bit. The, 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 the core DNA is the same. So for me, it's all about just sharing information that's useful for other people, having conversations. It's a great way to showcase some of the stuff that I do. Yeah, cool. So you were talking that you were changing a little bit. What, what, is that, what does that mean? Is this something that we, should, we, we can be aware of? What's, what shift is happening? So for, for me, it's just, it's just a bit of change about who I want to work with. So I've spent the last yeah. decade and a half working typical big business. So starting off, and again, I can, I can really empathize with what Nick says because I had, a, um, I think I had a pretty, pretty rough start as in, because you're in another country, nobody knows you. It's a different language distance. I had all that. And I think, I think we all have a story. I think later on, by the time I left the agency, started doing my own work, the benefit was, and I'd like to hear what you guys think about this, I already did lots of public speaking and I did facilitation. So kind of um, people could see what I did. So by the time I left, it was easier for them to reach out to me and to say, we want to work with you because they, they'd see me do some of the work on stage or with clients. So that really helped me. But traditionally, I work with Fortune 500 business. I want to work more with uh, entrepreneur-led business. So what that means is, look, honestly, I'm a bit tired of working with, you know, big, big corporations, helping them come up with more crap the world as a need, you know, like another, another sugar drink. And, and I'm not crapping on it. I mean, you should do whatever you want. I'm not judging people what they, what they eat, what they drink or what they buy. I feel like I need to move some. I need to take what I've learned and help more mission-driven entrepreneurs. Um, one of my friends creates... Uh, great housing for uh, for poor people or for disasters struck in areas. And his whole point is, you know, why should poor people live in crap homes? That kind of stuff. So he's got a real mission. He's been hammering at it for 10 years. Right. Um, and, and he needs fresh ideas and he needs to get those ideas out there. And that's exactly where I can help him. I can't help him with the engineering, man. I'm not an engineer. What I can help him with is crafting a story. That's part of what Nick does as well of his work. That's kind of the same, helping you get clear about that story and getting that out there. The difference is I'm a bit tired of working with big corporate and I want to do it with business. I just feel better about it and I think it's making the world a better place. So that's that's kind of the shift I'm going in. And that's, Thanks that's, for that's, sharing. 
that's cool. that's the beautiful thing isn't it i guess that you're you know as a as an entrepreneurs and business owners we get to that there's no greater feeling in the world than getting to choose who you want to work with and, yep. and you know yeah and get and getting excited about working with that person as well that's that's what ultimately that's what gets you out of bed in the morning is the money and I think it's, and to do that yeah good point and to do that you need to have a business where you can do where you can do that uh, where you can do that stuff with right because at the end of the day um it, it is still a business i'm running i mean i've got a i've got rent to pay you got kids to feed and stuff so i get all that it is getting to a point where now so i'm 44 years old i know i look like i'm 23 but i get it <laughs> no but my point is the the cool thing about this age is the no the cool thing about this age right now is that it's uh i'm still around so like the business is still around. I haven't done very well the last 12 months. Trust me. Like I've been hit as hard as many people have. But I'm still around. I've got some battle scars, got some stories. And now I'm at that point. Maybe it's a midlife crisis thing. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, I don't want to work with that anymore. I want to do that. And I can. What I mean is I can that from a business, business financial point of view as well. Because when your back's against the wall, some people might not have that. Production videos. I don't want to work, work with restaurants, whatever that is. And that's uh, that's something you got to work for. You got to work hard for to get that. I think you're you're talking about you know how the, this pandemic hit hard, um, but I would like to look into the, you know the other side of that. So, for example, what were the the positive things that you guys take out of this pandemic for your business for your you know life? What what are the cool things that you really take out and that you will remember in the future? I think it's uh, I think it's been transformational for for my business just because it's um, it's finally forced companies to wake up and address the fact that they need to have a digital presence. They need mm -hmm. to be on social media. There's how else are you going to have conversations with your customers if you're not on these mm -hmm. platforms talking to them? Um, so for us, it's been yeah, it's been accelerated. The... It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, it, it's there's a lot of negatives to it but but the the positives in terms of the how you know how we work how businesses operate it's there's been a huge transformational shift in that and, and, and yeah hopefully we're at the center of that so it's, it's exciting what, what kind of negatives do you mean this you said there's a lot of negatives about it about what just what social media digital media you mean no my, my perspective was the negatives of a pandemic right so the fact that you need to stay at home the fact that you cannot uh, you know talk directly with your customers yeah you know, well, be with them, you know, have them for a coffee, understand a little bit the concept, create those those connections. Suddenly, you just need to do that digitally. So, uh, you know, people see that as, um, well, I see that in my business, that there is a lot of uh, what I'm feeling is a lot of potential um, isolation, potential um, too much introspection that it becomes uh, bad for you. Uh, and, and interesting one, one of the negative aspects of it i i was asking actually i was asking nick more i i, oh, I, okay. I got that point my my point to you is you said your clients have a bit of a negative view on what on digital media you mean nick uh <laughs> i think we've uh we've uh, no um that's that's no that's not what i meant but you touched on something there where you said um uh too much introspection and i don't think uh I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I think uh, a lot of people have uh, uh, 
um i don't want to kind of you know tap into woke culture but but a lot of people have, have uh, woken up i think since the the pandemic and they have been interested yeah. in it's it's um, yeah. it's forced people to slow down to a point where because so much of what we go through on a day-to-day basis is just it's just noise it's distraction mm-hmm. um, and when you take all that stuff away you're left to question who you are um, and a lot of people don't don't know who they are and, and when you when you start to do that um that's when yeah that's when the real work begins i think uh, around you and your your business and your core values and it's uh, it's exciting and, and i think the whole point of you know we kind of talk about kind of stories and where we kind of come from and where we are but the, the beautiful thing about stories is that you know those narratives can change and they can evolve and then they're constantly you know who you are is constantly and it should be constantly um evolving so it's uh yeah it's uh, it's exciting from from that aspect i think and yeah, i love i love what sure. you i love what you just said about that as well as in when you strip those things away what's left because that to me is the definition of character i always say you find out you find out what your character is like and i've been tested very very hard where i've lost everything as i lost my mind lost all my stuff as well where all i was left with was my character like if, if you take everything away, you take the titles away, the money away, the, the support away, what's left? That's your character. And that's that moment where you go, can I build on this or not? Fortunately, I did. So I managed to get out of that. But that's a good point. I think a lot of people have been forced to rethink some of the things, some of the the people around them, the, the things they say to themselves, the things they probably have taken for granted. There's a lot of people right now who've, who've never thought they would lose their jobs, you know, and never thought they would lose that security or whatever it is. And they have, and it's tough. It's also just the way it is. I don't, I don't believe in any kind of special formula or powers. The situation is what it is. And here's where I'm with, and I'm not even a massive Gary V fan, but I agree with him at one point. Nobody cares about your feelings. Remember he says at one point, nobody cares about your feelings, bro, because you can sit there by yourself thinking, I lost my job or I did this or my clients are not working. Nobody's paying attention. Nobody gives a toss because everybody's working on themselves anyway. And that to me is when I go, because nobody else cares, well, then I might as well care myself. And that's how I pick up myself every day. Even if things go a bit, eh, it's part of life, isn't it? Yeah, you. Uh, you I think you, you touched on something there as well. And then it's, it's been a, a large component of my growth. It's, um, it's just, uh, it's, um, without sort of sounding too hippy-dippy, but self-compassion and self-love, um, just 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 being kind to yourself and not, not being so... Yep bloody hard on yourself like i used to beat myself up so much about things i've done wrong or or failures or you know where where things have happened that i can't control but it's like just just you know practice gratitude and be thankful for the things that you have and the things that you build on and and you can build on those it's just just um yeah you can either you can either the way the way i look at the world is every single day we go through a series of kind of small binary choices where we can say yes or no to stuff and it's and it's yeah. the things that we say yes to that, that dictate um how we, we grow as a person really so. guys great value do you can you see how many snippets i can take out of this small small one minute for free guys, for free <laughs> my god but well no i i, I promise you as long as you, you know, travel to Lisbon, I'll definitely we can definitely go out for a cool dinner and a beer, and it will be paid. We'll hold, we'll hold you to that one. <laughs> yeah, it will be a pleasure, guys. Let's talk about video. Um, I've seen a couple of you the content you guys produce, the quality that you put there, and the effort that you put there, which I, I do appreciate and I love. Um, from your 
point of view, uh, what does a video need to have, uh, right? So what's, what's the key ingredients that will make a video potentially a good vehicle for the message that you want to convey? Um, for me, I, th I think it's, uh, I think um, a large component of this and, uh, and, and people, people don't realize on, on social is, um, is entertainment, is entertain me. I'm, I'm there to escape for five minutes. So if you can entertain someone, it's a huge component of what pulls people into your, your content. Um, you can make your content education as well. I, I kind of try and my kind of secret sauce is I, I try and entertain, but I try and educate at the same time. So I, I try and have a bit of fun with stuff, but I'm teaching people stuff at the same time. So it's a kind of double double whammy of, uh, of value. But yeah, fun is a huge component as well. Um, I always teach my students like you know if you're if you're um, if you're really passionate about the subject and, and you're having fun while you're making it, your audience is naturally going to enjoy watching that content. They're going to have fun yeah. too. Because because it's you know it's just it's radiating out of you so yeah um just just have fun with it i think i think so i would i would i would totally echo that um and it's you know when people talk about authenticity those kind of words just be yourself like i, I i'm very um i was about to say lucky i don't really believe in luck but i mean i i don't i have enough confidence as in as in i like to, I, I take the piss of myself i don't take myself that seriously and it comes through in the videos because again i really believe that nobody really cares most people don't care so i'm there anyway it's like it's like that stage i was given this microphone i'm standing there in front of an audience where they're here to watch a show so they give them a fucking show right that's but that's the same with videos just like like nick says if you are passionate about something bring that out you know be playful and i think the flip side of that is what what i think videos don't need that much of anymore, at least the informal videos, right? Nick does professional shoots. I've seen some of the work on your website. That's, I don't do for the people watching. That's not what I do. Yeah, I'm more like a YouTuber kind of, hello, everybody. Just show you my cat, that kind of things. But with video is the flip side of that is some people have this feeling, and I think it's it may be a generational thing, that video is only for certain types of people. Like it can only be for either celebrity, politician, uh, uh, you know, famous rock stars. It, it it doesn't have to be. I think it is. That's a very outdated way of thinking. Video is just a medium. It's just you projecting yourself somewhere else. So you know, bring that bring that to the video because or else everybody's going to look exactly the same, and then you're back into that big steaming pile of plain vanilla again. Yeah, I think I think um, a, a, another component of it as well is the is the technicality of it. People get so wrapped up in you know what mic should I get, what light should I get, what camera should I get, um, and they they forget that we've got to a stage where we can you know we've got these things in our pockets, yeah, which shoot amazing video. Everyone's got one. The the you know the 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 bar has been set slightly lower. Everyone's got access to that equipment, so. Just, just hit record, hit record, and get in front of it. You know, I was, I was having a conversation with a with a friend of mine where there was a, this uh, kind of a small survey at the kids' uh, school, and they, they, were, they were asking the kids, "What do you want to be when you're when you're getting older? Right? What's going to be your, your profession?" And the majority of the kids, you know, normally we would say police, police, or fireman, YouTuber, or astronaut. They want to be YouTubers. They spent hours, tons of hours, just seeing YouTubers, 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 people playing games, people commenting stuff, people unboxing. It's just a whole new thing, a whole new world of, of content. And if I you know, transfigure this into LinkedIn, which is now, well, at least it's the, the platform that I use, 
and normally I do this question, what makes me stop on a video, right? And I would like to ask you that question. What makes you, when you're scrolling up and down, what makes you stop on that specific video? Um, there's there's quite a few things, and this is um, this is a large component of what I teach my students. Um, getting people to stop in the scroll, there's, there's tons of things which happen, um, which you're not subconsciously aware of, but um, mm -hmm. things like uh, thumbnails, for example, not many people leverage thumbnails on the platform to get you to stop and engage with your content as you're scrolling through that feed. So you're, you need to pattern interrupt people as they're going through that feed to, to, to kind of, you know, it's like text-based, 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 suddenly a video pops up and it's got an interesting thumbnail that grabs your attention. So that's one component, um, having good copy um, in the post as well, get people to actually engage uh, in the content. Um, and another thing I do, which is quite sneaky, is um, I'll put, I'll generally, like if, if I'm putting up a video about editing, for example, um, I'll put like, a, um, here are my top three tips around editing. Uh, tip number one is blah, 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 blah for tip number two and three watch the video so that you've pulled them in with a copy forcing them down there <laughs> sorry sorry <laughs> but you're forcing you're forcing them to watch the content right, for them right to get right, that value right. out of it so there's 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 little magic tricks you can do to get people to, to actually engage with the content so that's a couple of mine and and build and building on that one that those are awesome nick and building on that one when you set the copy so what you what you put in that text your first line I did a post the other day on Father's Day, and my first line says, my dad was such a dick to me. That was my first line. That one got a ton of views and comments because it was just a post about my dad, and he wasn't a dick. My dad was just a bit hard, and he taught me lesson. That was basically the post. But that first line says, my dad was such a dick to me, hashtag Father's Day. So your first line, that's what we remember to scroll. People don't have a lot of attention. I look at my YouTube statistics it people mm -hmm. go fast and the bigger youtubers yeah. will tell you they will spend sometimes more time on the thumbnail that little image and uh, and the title than anything else like if that doesn't go why even bother creating the video and when i first started on youtube the thumbnail and the title were like an afterthought which is so dumb because it's like your your shop front you can have the best coffee in lisbon where you are or in, or in sussex um but if nobody actually walks in and has looked, it doesn't really matter how good your Marzocco coffee machine is or your music is. It's the same with these things. And, but that goes really quickly. It's a matter of seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, and, that, that's and then that hook, like once you then click on that video within about four seconds, do I like this guy? Do I even like it? Do, does his voice annoy me? Did, did, did he, is there a little hook in there which is interesting for me to watch? Or do I start waffling on about how interesting I am? Hi, everybody. My name is Yuri. I went to the uh, University of Interesting People. And uh, in this interesting <laughs> video, let me tell you how much I know about interesting things. That, that Clearly, I'm being satirical now, which is funny, but it, many people start off the whole, like, start with the hook. Look at any decent YouTube video, whether you're watching games or Mr. Beast, whoever it is, it's the first five seconds. Hey, in this video, we're going to show you how we can make a, a brain explode with a Rubik's Cube, whatever. Start some of people go, what the hell is that all about? And then, yeah. then give them the value. Right? You got to give them the value in the video. Yeah, so let's those, talk a bit. pattern interrupts. Let's talk a bit about those objections. Um, I can give you an example. I'm trying. I'm, I'm a big video fan. I, I like that. I like that approach. I consume that a lot. So, uh, but starting to do that in a, in a company where I'm working at, where I've just said, "Look, guys, we're going to start sharing information not via email. We're going to start sharing it via video, and let's see where it." 
what's the result of that? And then you get into this ton of objections, right? Things that I can imagine that if you guys talk with your, you know, people that work on your workshops, etc. So what are the key objections that you guys uh, you know, get out of those, that pe those people and what advices do you give them? Um, I, I think you can go uh, first. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the main component uh, for so many people is um, it's just fear. It's fear of the unknown. Um, mm -hmm. There's there's so much to learn around video content, and it, I think it feels for a lot of people like they're just standing on the edge of an abyss. It's like ah, like it's just it's it's information overload. Um, and I think um, just yeah, encouraging them to pick up a camera, um, hit record, and actually just get something. And and people are so they're so subjective uh, about um, themselves. Like they see things that, that you know, that their, um, their audience will never see. Um, you know, right. does my head, does my head look too big in this? Will I say the wrong thing or blah, blah, blah. And they're, they're just, they're petrified about putting anything out there. And they, you know, that, uh, like I said before earlier, that the beautiful thing about social media is it's a feedback loop. How are you ever going to learn anything from your audience? If you don't start putting content out there, you're, you're never going to improve off of it. So you have to take that first initial leap and just make something. Once you've once you've done that, once you've made your first video, you've hit record, just posted something, even if it's 30 seconds, you're just talking to camera, you've done it. Like that's the that's the, the first biggest hurdle done. After that, it gets infinitely easier. So it's, it would be that for me is, is fear, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah, and building on that one, um, that fear, which is very real, which I think is linked to the whole like, who am I to be on video because it's only for stars, my nose is too big, I don't like the way I sound. People whose first language isn't English will will be aware of uh, an accent or something like that, which again is nonsense because the vast majority of the world doesn't, their native language isn't English. And what's wrong with that? And, you know, kind of what I, what I said before as well, when people tell me I'm very aware, but what if I create a video and I put it out there and people think I look like a dick. And I, <laughs> I always say the same thing. I'm like, sorry to break it to you, but nobody's going to watch it. And, and, and they get, they get a bit disheartened. They go, well, you're supposed to motivate me. I'm like, well, I mean this in the sweetest way, because the good thing about that is when you first get started, nobody watches your stuff. My first YouTube channel, man, you have to like bribe your friends to watch your videos. I used to tell them like, just mute it and play. I need the minutes, you know, like you need to get the minutes in. But the good thing about that is once you then, like Nick said, you got to make those miles and you get some of the feedback in the beginning, you don't get anything back anyway. Isn't that the perfect time just to fly under the radar? Imagine that your first video, you know that a million people are going to watch it. That would scare yeah. the crap out of me. That's like That's taking a penalty shot at the World Cup. So I, nobody I'm, watches it in the yeah. beginning. So you might as well get started and have a bit of fun. And then by the time people do pick up on it, you'll have done like a couple hundred videos and you're more comfortable. Your lighting will look a bit better. I, I always use the uh, the gym analogy. You know, people people see people with, you know, ripped stomachs and, and, and massive forearms. It's like, how do you think they got to that? They, they put the reps in. They put the reps in at the gym, and that's how they got yeah. that body. So yeah, of you got to do is go put the reps in. Yeah, yeah. So, and they all started somewhere. Yeah, you did a video, uh, Yuri. I think a couple of well, a week ago or something about uh, you know uh, cameras and, and you know, material that you can use to do that. Yep. And you guys were talking a couple of minutes ago about uh, just having a small smartphone, and you'll be up and ready. Um, can you dismystify a little bit that you don't need to have the perfect lightning or the perfect uh, 
the perfect script or the perfect uh, you know, body language to in order to put your content out there. Can you just talk a little bit through that? Uh, how did you evolve into having a you know a better camera now and a better mic because you want you want more quality you, on what? Can, you can I go first, Nick? Before you think, I just copy your answers and I just follow whatever you have. I uh, I have opinions sometimes. <laughs> so the phone thing, the, the 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 phone fallacy or the the phone thing. This thing has more cool. This thing has more computational power than Ronald Reagan had at his disposal when he was president of the most powerful country in the world, right? And this is not just to create videos. This is to connect with the entire world. It's it's a, it's an editing studio. Does everything. And pretty amazing. Like the sound is really good. This is an iPhone 11 Pro, even an 8. But you know, it's fine. It's more than enough. So I'm a big fan of you. Start with whatever you have. Remember the old Rocky films where he didn't have the fancy gym and, and the Russian guy, Ivan Drago, does and he doesn't, so he starts with ropes and stuff. We use all kinds of metaphor, but you kind of, you play with what you have. And then, yeah, you know, you start buying stuff. And look, any of us creating videos, we'll probably get excited about the new lens. I'll watch stuff about the new lens on this and the new lights and this and this. But... I don't think I would have known how to use these things as well if I hadn't started with really basic stuff. So I started playing with IKEA lamps and baking baking paper or like towels to diffuse the lights rather than having harsh mm -hmm. lights. And because I started with the basic stuff, I now know how to use the bigger stuff a little bit better. But there's a little challenge that I do with a small group of people to get them confident around creating videos. It's basically seven days every day I give them a, a prompt Today we're going to create. It. Introduce yourself. Show us. Show us your house. Day three, pitch an idea, whatever it is. And it's not about the editing. It's not about the fancy. It's just about getting them used to not overthinking it. You got. You got sixty seconds. Create a video on the fly. And that whole week, I only use my phone because people think that, oh yeah, but it's easy for you to say with it. I can do exactly the same thing with the phone. There are limitations clearly, but don't let that ever stop you. Um, and that's people start with the, with the hardware. They think they need you know, the lens and the lights. So you don't. Play yeah. with what you have first. Then you get better. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm starting to, uh, I will start running and I'll buy the most expensive shoes. Because if you want, go the for best it. Pool, the best shoes. But at yep. the end, you just need to start running. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, th I think the thing with the, you know, you, you look at um, how long cinema has been around and how long, you know, we've been telling each other stories since we could sit around campfires and, and, that hasn't changed it's just the mechanism of deliveries changed um, and we, we get so obsessed about you know gear and technology but if you can't if you concentrate on the fundamentals of, uh, of having a good you know a, a core of a good story it doesn't matter what you're using doesn't matter you know what the the, the medium is it's a it's still a good story so get that right <laughs> what yeah about and actually you know tell you go ahead go ahead yuri go no ahead. just saying as you're saying building on that one I have nothing against somebody spending $10,000 on camera gear. You should do whatever you want. It's your money. I honestly, I don't care if you, if you believe, but, but if you then not, I know somebody, I'm thinking of somebody right now who's a lovely guy, but he, he just has too much money. So he buys stuff, but he's created dick. He's, he hasn't created anything. So he keeps buying the things, but they're not using it. And I'm like, well, I, you know, if you feel like you need to buy a $5,000 camera and fancy lights and rent a studio to, to create something, cool. But then go create something. Right. That's just, that's the only thing. That, is it getting you? Is it getting you off the ground? Is it getting you started? That's all. That's all that matters. Or else you just you just not real. You just fake. Uh, I think 
a, a lot of that is, uh, is procrastination. They'd rather obsess about buying a new piece of gear so of they course. don't have to actually make the content. It's just, I'm just going to, I'm going to focus on this rather than actually, yeah. you know, the, the will to do and a smartphone is all you need. That's all you need. Yeah. Just do it, make it. And Nick, you Great. have, but, but you have, you have a couple of accessories, Nick. Accessories. That's what you need. Exactly. You have a couple of accessories because I've seen you have a green screen and you have a wig and you have sunglasses. Come on. Tell us a bit about that. How tell us about the wig. I want to know about the yeah, wig now. Yeah, you should go to his LinkedIn channel. You can check one, 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 one video Nick has, which is really cool and, and entertaining. So tell us a bit about how do you, you know, how do you streamline that, the, the creativity, how do you put it in, in paper, in real life? Because at the end, you need a script, you need something that's going to happen on that video, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, um, I always try and, um, when, I'm, when I'm creating content, I'm always, I think because I've done it for so long, I have the advantage of while I'm writing something, while I'm scripting something out, already my brain's mm -hmm. going to, okay, how am I going to film this? How, how am I going to implement the scene? How am I going to do this? So... I'm already logically thinking about, and that's what I love about the creative process with video is like you start out with this grandiose idea, this, this amazing idea that you're going to do. And then there's a space in between where you have to go, okay, I have to scale this back or I have to squeeze this and move this here to make it actually work. And what you get on screen compared to what you had on paper, that magic bit in between is the bit that I get excited about, but my brain already kind of goes there while I'm doing it because I've been doing it for so long. Um, and I always encourage people to kind of start off kind of big and then just sort of scale your aspirations back a little bit um, to, to, to get it to get it to fit um, because there's a, there's a lot of mechanics and, and logistics to, to actually film it a lot of the time. But, you know, you don't you don't always need, um, you know, props or, or studios or any of this sort of stuff. You can you can if you'd like I said before, if you've got a good story uh, and it's compelling and, and uh, interesting, um, yeah. you can you can still make something that's, that's good. That, that reminds me of a story where I, I, I was with, it's, it was a weekend and I told my wife, I want uh, both of our kids out because I want to shoot a video today. I have an idea. I want to learn what the hell is this green screen and I want to do a green screen video. And she said, okay, it's fine. And, and she, she had the expectation that I would do that in the morning and it would be fine and we would go to the beach after. <laughs> no, not at all. I started assembling stuff at 9 a.m. My kids were at the, my my the, the, my father and mother-in-law, and it was a whole day to shoot at two minutes. But I've learned so much during that time, because you know I don't know editing, of course. Uh, I, I'm learning along the way, but I had no idea that uh, you know the green screen lightened would have so much impact if the if the green is different. All of those things, and I've learned a lot. And my wife, at the end of the day, she said, "I really hope that video is, is gonna kill, <laughs> gonna kill it, because or else I'm gonna tell it no more green screen for you." But well, uh, I, 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 I spoke to my my business partner um, Eric a little while ago. I, I did a zombie video on uh, on LinkedIn a little while back, and it was about people moving over from Clubhouse to um, from LinkedIn yeah. to Clubhouse, yeah. and then kind of coming back again. That video took coming back, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That video took me uh, an hour in total to, to make. So it's 15 minutes for the script, 15 minutes um, to film it and half an hour of editing. So an hour tops and, and it blew his mind. He was like, how how on earth have you managed to make that in an hour? And I was like, dude, it's taken me 20 years to learn how to make that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's exactly. just, it's, it's just, it just takes a long time. And you, 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 you assemble those skills over a long period of time. So yeah, you, you're not, when you're starting out, it's not going to be easy. You're not going to make stuff um, quickly and, and, 
the better you get it and the more you learn like any subject um you're going to get faster and, and more efficient at doing it yeah what's what's interesting about that is so i've only been doing this for about three years but so i'm not a video maker i wouldn't call myself a video maker i'm, I'm just i tell stories and i help people break rules just a medium i've chosen is video right which is, which is very different i think so for me, what's interesting is the editing takes me a long time, but I also go overboard. Yeah, I kind of go, I want that one specific sound of a cat flying out the window. Not that I one. Know. Not that I one. Exactly. Not that one. Not, and you no, spend not that one. hours just finding yes. the right sound. I love that. I, I, I also so, do but that. That's what I do. I, but I don't have to. That's the thing. I think by now, I know I don't have to. I can. Some people look at my videos like, dude, why did you go over? You don't, just, why do you make so complex? Because I enjoy doing it, it's it's yeah. just it's my little creative outlet, and I, you know, I'm really lucky to know people, you know, like like Nick, like in my world, people who've been professionals in this world for years, who I'll call every now and then, like, so how do you guys actually do that little thing where you get that spray you then go through, right? So I get a bit of that help, but that's that's all extra. It's still you got to shoot it, you know, yet get get that point. Either it's entertaining or it solves a problem. Um, I, I would say like if, if anybody's watching this later on in the, in the replay or now, and if you want to have like a really simple tip for video making, which I'll give you, I know people say editing doesn't matter that much. I kind of agree. It can, you should just get comfortable with it. Don't overthink it. But I do know that once people learn basic cutting, just that's all just cutting out the ums. What that changes to is imagine I have to do a two minute video in one breath, right? Cause the way I shoot videos is. Hi, everybody. My name is Yuri. Today, we're going to be talking about my brain. And I look at my notes and I go, here's three things you don't know about my brain, whatever. <laughs> and then, then I cut. But that's what I mean. Right. The, the, it's, it's hard, man. If you have to do it two minutes without umming and you're already super aware of yourself and there's a car coming by, it's then it's going to take a day. And my first videos as well. I think my first video took me two years of procrastination and, you know, shooting and deleting, shooting, deleting, shooting, deleting. That's a difference. Um, you gotta get started right started somewhere i'd actually encourage i started off my career um in post-production so i started off editing um, and i actually i'd encourage people if they want to learn how to create video content to actually learn how to edit first before they pick up a camera um, and i did a video about this a while back and i've reposted it a few times around around editing um because it forces your brain to think in cuts it forces your brain to think non-sequentially um, and a lot of what you're doing when you're filming, like, you know, people, they'll write out a script and then suddenly their brain will look at that script and they'll they'll look at it in a logical order. And you don't need to film those components in a logical order. You may, you may need to bulk some of those bits from the script if you're shooting in one location and stick them all together in one. So you, you start to, your brain automatically starts to think like that non-sequentially and non-linearly. Um, so it, it forces your brain to think that way so that when you're writing your script and when you're actually filming, you're thinking already in terms of the cut. So I think it's, uh, it's interesting. Good to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah and, and building on that, it's something, a strategy that I use is, is regularly is I don't record if I don't know what I'm going to say, <laughs> because I'm not good impro at, at improvising, at least, uh, of course, well, I'm not reading a script, but I, ha I know exactly what is the outcome of the video that I would like to produce. And that's, gives me the focus I need to not to record something and just see what happens, right? Because that will frustrate you. If you start doing that a lot, you start shooting things that you have no idea how and where you're going to use them. 
And editing, yep. it's a hard tough because it's a hard job because you start ten minutes of video. You need to fast forward ten minutes of video to take out the pieces that you really want. So I, I always try to to envision what I'm going to produce before I, I, I do it, or else it's going to take me forever. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Hitchcock was a, a really he was the kind of uh, one of the the uh, early pioneers of this are kind of shooting for the edit so he would i think to get around the studio system he would he would literally shoot um stuff in such a way that there was only a specific way it could be edited just to screw with the studio system so yeah hitchcock was the was the man for that so. <laughs> guys i have let me see we have a, a few minutes left i have here a, a comment here from sophia thank you sophia for being there love to see how creative and enthusiastic you all are I love to work with you. Can't, but love. <laughs> Wish you all the best. Thanks, Sophia. For, for your so, so she's not offering the free labor. She's just wishing us the best now because yeah, she, I've got a couple of projects I could use a bit of work on. There. <laughs> Thank you, Sophia. Thank you for the lovely comment. So, guys, what what are the in, in this last couple of minutes and before my last question? Um, what are You've worked also with not only with individuals but in, in businesses, right? Uh, both of you, um, and, and I'm having the same efforts right now, which is how can I put my organization using a communication means called video, which is very um, scary for a lot of people. There is a lot of people that don't want to put them in front of a camera, so. How are you seeing organizations right now with this, with, 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 with the change that we've had using video as a communication tool? We, um, I just finished a, a group training session with some uh, guys from a, um, underwater, I think they, they make components for um, underwater uh, oil pipelines. Um, they trained five guys from that. And there was a guy on the, on the training called uh, Russell, um, and he actually put his first video out uh, a, a few days after the training. I was really surprised by it because I didn't think he'd be the first person to go for it. But um, he really kind of threw himself into it. And it was around because um, I always say to my students, uh, pick a subject that you're really, you know, you're really knowledgeable about and you find really right. exciting and fun to talk about. Um, so he he um, brews his own craft beer. So it's like a, a video around him uh, brewing his own beer. But it was it was just nice to see someone embrace embrace themselves and uh, and yeah <laughs> embrace themselves and, and uh, you know really really get excited about a subject that you can you can clearly see he's you know he's really like kind of nerding out around it and he's just really excited about it it's just great to see him share that but i think um again a large component of it is the trust in larger corporations especially with content on social to to allow their team to be more of themselves and be more human um, and that's right. the fear factor because you know large corporations are, they're all about control and making sure that people you yeah. know what if they do this or what if they do that or if they don't you know and i think as long as you stay away from kind of you know politics and and, and religion and sexuality you're probably okay and, and anything else is fair game but from that so <laughs> i want you yuri have you felt that well, into, interesting out? that's a that was really insightful because I didn't even think about it from that angle. I was thinking more with video is I always tell people when it comes to video, actually I tell people most things that, that I get excited about. If it's not for you, that's fine. It doesn't have to be for you. It's okay. I'm not, I'm not shoving stuff down your throat. Don't do the same thing to me either. It's a great medium. And if you're interested, I'd love to tell you about how I use it. And if that's the approach what business do on the inside, I'll give you an example. I'm working on 
a couple of big innovation projects. And when I say innovation projects, it just means I'm working with a team of about seven people and then I say four clients on their side. It's a big team. It's We're on semi-lockdown. We can only meet with two people, et cetera, et cetera. Right. I do a lot of stuff on video. I can do, I can do, I can, we're working on a retail projects while I'm in the mall. I can shoot a one minute video telling them exactly the four things I learned. I can do that faster in a quick video over in a small WhatsApp group than over an email or slides. So I'm much more of a, I'm going to send you a couple of videos. If you want to respond with videos, that's cool. If not, that's fine. It's up to you. And what I have noticed is that the vast majority of those people, uh, kind of get used to it and we're not sharing it yeah it's just like it's like an internal little thing they get over the whole like it's it's it's, i look weird like nobody cares about you i care about the message that you have they get started on creating these quick videos and a lot of them are now saying that was actually really cool because i've now made it you know i send messages to my wife or i send messages to my mom and dad who live in a different country whatever it is and i think if it's that soft kind of approach where you create a nice, pleasant experience around video, knowing that it's it doesn't have to be perfect. And like, and nobody looks at the size of your nose or my big Obama ears, or nobody cares about that. And, and I think that way people will start embracing it more. I think, at least, keep it simple. Cool. Yes, it's, I, th- I think it's just about getting keep uh, people kind of comfortable in their their own skin. And I think if you're if you're if there's a level of self deprecation with the content that you put out, it's like, well, I can I can take the pee out myself. So if I can do it, if a schmuck like me can do it, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, so, I agree. You know what? What we can what we can uh, you know end up, and that's a, that's a fear that I have, which is people might think, you know, here is the guy trying to appear trying to be you know on camera and that's the the, the balance that uh, i'm well i'm trying to to figure out which is no i, I don't want to appear on camera i just want i just believe that this is a better way for you to understand the point i'm making i'm making and i know and i know that you normally ignore all emails so i really want to do it differently because the message needs to pass but it's but uh, that it's but that test. thought sorry to interrupt but that no, thought whatever. that's their problem not yours Right. So, so, right. and I'll tell you what I mean. I'll tell you what I mean. So I started doing more like email, not email marketing, but I have a small uh, email list. I'm sure you guys have the same email with. And in the beginning, I was like, oh, you know, I, I don't want to spam people because I thought like emails are spam. And my, my mate goes very simply, says, are you going to spam people? I said, no, I want to I create value. I want to share cool ideas. He says, then do that. If they right. don't like it, they will unsubscribe. It's okay. Exactly. So that whole, like, if, if other people think that I'm a sham or it's all about me, if, if your intentions are good, then that's their problem, not yours, and that's their journey. So it's true. That's, that's, sorry, that's the way I look at it, at least. I kind of let them be. That's, that's the biggest barometer, I think, for my content and for a lot of people's marketing. They, they don't actually stop and think about it. It's like, hold on a minute. People do this to me and I switch off. So why are you doing it to someone like what? Why would you do that? Um, and and yeah. then generally, most people yeah. as well are a pretty good barometer for their content. Like if, they, if they've enjoyed it, they've had fun making it, they've laughed in places at their content. If they're doing that, it will come across. Yeah, their audience probably likely will too. So. Yeah, I agree. And at the end of the day, nobody cares. Remember, they can always click away. Guys, last question, and uh, you know, time flew. It's fifty nine minutes. So uh, the last question, which is, I think Nick already answered it, which is any reference of someone, any anyone that has inspired you, or uh, any book that you would like to recommend on the, on the topic, any talk. You've talked a little bit about Steve Jobs, but I don't I don't know if you want to go. 
Um, for something else. I'm I'm reading a well, I've, I've I haven't just read it. I've read it quite a few times. Uh, I've read a fantastic book, um, and I, it's the second time I've just read it. Uh, Ego is the enemy by what's his name? Ryan Holiday. Absolutely fantastic book. Really worth um, listening to. Just just how you look at any um, anyone that's done well in history, how they view like people like Howard Hughes, how they they destroyed themselves based on their own ego. It wasn't any external threat. It was just them, just literally the cheese slid off their crack and they, they thought they were too important than they were and, and uh, they ate themselves. So yeah, <laughs> fantastic Ooh. advice. Just keep Ooh. that ego in check. <laughs> Thanks. Wow. Yuri. I'm going to have a very different reference because I have a massive, massive uh, load of books, which I never read. I think I've read like one book in my life. <laughs> And I think the book I've read in my life is called Why Do Men Have Nipples? I think that's the only one. And I still don't know. Um, but a channel I like to watch, I've been watching them for a while. They've grown really big. It's a YouTube channel. It's a design company. Maybe you've heard of them, The Future with yeah. Chris Doe. Chris Doe. And the reason I say, this is a design house. And the reason I tell, I say that one is because, first of all, the content's really good, particularly for smaller players like us. When you run your own business, talk about sales, uh, you know, you talk to clients, stuff like that. Very practical. Like every video gives me value. I feel like I'm getting something out of it. But more importantly, it's a great example of a business that a couple of years ago, because one of his mates basically said, shall we start a YouTube channel? He's like, what, what do you mean? And that's been a, a massive driver of their success because that's giving them the, the platform and the focus to share this they're thinking with more designers and more people who are self-employed. So I, I find that a lovely source. If you're uh, actually for all kinds of people, particularly if you're self-employed, if you're an entrepreneur, and a great example of how to use video. Nick? I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you a really quick little story here, which which will hopefully end on a, on a nice positive note. But um, that that show actually changed my life. Um, there, was a, there was a podcast on there that Chris did with Errol Gerson around selling um, and mm. there's a sequence in that podcast. Errol's amazing. Just that podcast is life changing anyway, and you can you can possibly leave it in the show notes. But um, there's a bit in here, in there when he talks about gratitude practice, um, and I listened to that. I've listened to it so many times, uh, and yeah, that that specific bit really kind of resonated with me. Um, and I actually got to thank I've got I've got to thank Errol in person on on LinkedIn, and uh, Chris I think was running a session on. Um, clubhouse that one of my friends was moderating and she said oh do you want to come join so i joined and i actually got to, to thank chris for for putting that podcast out there uh, for a change awesome so, yeah it's cool, cool. <laughs> very Guys, cool thank you so much for for the time we ran out you know we have three minutes after one hour but it was a you know, it's going to be okay conversation. <laughs> and uh, i'd like to thank you for you know your content and for uh, having accepted this 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 challenge Thank and you for having us. Each other online, definitely. And I uh, hope to see you in Lisbon one day. Yeah, yeah we yeah. will come for that, yeah. for, the, for the free yeah, drinks and, uh, and, take, and the free I'll labor. The, yeah, I'm uh, taking you up on that dinner date. My, my father has a winery. <laughs> so, guys, you, you'll be... Oh, even better. You'll be, you'll be Sold. <laughs> exactly. Let's do awesome. it. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. Thank you, Luis. Bye. Thank, thank you, so you Nick. Much. Bye.